Institute of World Mission podcast. You're listening to the show for Adventist cross-cultural mission enthusiasts. My name is Alex Ott, and together with the IWM team, we invite you to join us today. This podcast is a production of the Institute of World Mission brought to you with support of the General Conference Missions family of ministries and services. Hi there, friends. In today's episode, I would like to bring on air a colleague, a friend, right from the Institute of World Mission team. My interview partner today is Ron Kuhn. Ron serves as an associate director of the Institute, and prior to his call to this current position, um, back in 2011, Ron served internationally for many years in the global ADRA network. As you know, and you know, many of you know him personally, Ron has a great heart. He's always ready to help, a great listener, and a perceptive intercultural missions thinker and practitioner. Today, together with Ron, we will begin tackling a big topic of multicultural teams. As Adventist missionaries, we most often are part of groups of people called to serve together. But are we really part of teams that we enjoy? Have you ever wished to be part of one? Have you ever wished to be helpful in shaping an effective intercultural team? Starting with this interview and with several that will follow, not necessarily consecutively like next week, but over time, we will tackle this reality that's so vital for many of us in our ministries in the mission field. With that, let's jump right into the interview. Ron, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you. So we have decided to launch a new series together on cross-cultural Adventist ministry teams. Now, I am really excited about this topic because our listeners, most of our uh, missionaries in the world, they are part of uh, one team or another. They are part of, of, of groups, of teams. We call everything team, so we will, we will try to explore today together. Now, my first question is this. Why is this a crucial topic in Adventist missions, intercultural teams? Why is it a crucial topic? Well, uh, first of all, Alex, there are many dimensions. One is that no matter where you go, what you do, you don't you don't work alone. You always work. You are always surrounded by people. You work with people, and most importantly, you work with different uh, technical people. Let's say that complement each other. So the better you work as a team, much more productive. Uh, you yourself will be, and uh, and uh, the result of the the organizational team approach or group approach will be better. So, you can't escape even as a family to to get one person. You need two. That's true. So uh, we can't escape that. So the thing is, how can we work when we together in unity or with a, a common uh, purpose when we are so different? Do you feel there is a problem? Oh, I tell you. I tell you. I I can't uh, begin to describe how much challenge it is to work together because sometimes in the beginning it appears we can go faster by ourselves. Remember what I said. It appears that we can go faster if we do it by ourselves or if we hide and do it alone. And many of us maybe think that 
oh, if I just do it alone, I can do it better, and, and that's it. But yes, uh, and yeah, it's true. And sometimes, actually, people get discouraged in the beginning because they seem they're not progressing as fast as they should when they try to work with somebody else. Now, Ron, I know you've traveled uh, the world and continue ministering in many different situations, being close to many, many, many cross-cultural workers of our church. Now, you see them working in different types of work configurations. So speaking of Adventist missions, uh, what kind of uh, groups we have, groups of missionaries working together, what are those configurations that they find themselves in? The diversity is enormous, you know. When you think about a church itself, People, a local church. A local church. Let's start with the local church, and then you 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 look um, at, let's say, s- structures or or factories or schools or or conference missions and or whatever structure you have, or even a clinic or a hospital. But let's start with the church. Even to have a worship, a simple worship, you need to organize around uh, different people. Some will look after the music, some will look after, uh, will do the presentation, the opening, the one will do a study on something, but it involves always several people. So it, no matter what structure you are, no matter if you are tree going on a, on a let's say, you will be selling books, whatever it is, you are surrounded by people which have at least basic common objective that keep them together. Let's say, or are we selling, or are we a, a group of teachers that have students, or we are a group of people worshiping together. But even for that worship to happen, we, we have to talk to each other. We have to plan with each other. We have to agree who does what, when, and for what purpose. So even if a cross-cultural worker listening to this interview to us today uh, is a frontline church planter, they still have uh, someone they answer to, someone they have to meet with from time to time uh, in, in our missional settings. So they are still part of a group. They are still working with some other people. Oh, yeah. You can't escape that. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes uh, people don't even know who will be part of their team? So they, and they have to create teams from scratch, from nothing. So uh, groups or teams is uh, unavoidable unless we live alone, alone in an island. But then we will be craving for uh, groups or people or, or support around us. And sometimes when we have that support, we, hey, I can't deal with, I, I don't know how to interact very well. And you mentioned a, a key word, Alex, cross-cultural, means intercultural. Uh, when you bring, if we are from the same culture, there is already challenges. We have, we have to build teams, take time, trust, special skills. But now imagine when you put intercultural or mixed cultures, people from different backgrounds, different values, different approach, even how you address each other. Then the the challenges, not to say the problems, the challenges multiply. Magnifies plus challenges, problems, issues. And I we know, our listeners know how difficult this is. This is why I'm excited about this series, Ron, because we will go we are going to be looking at different aspects and angles 
um, together with you of intercultural teams of the dynamics in there how does it work together what doesn't work how do we contribute to this so all of this is coming now before we get there though today we're trying to do more or less of an introduction and uh, with that uh, my question is this would you help us define a team mm. what is a team well, I, I would say there are many definitions for a team, but it's probably let's try to be simplistic or or be more brief in our approach. Teams are groups of or different people with a common purpose, mm -hmm. trying to work together or use each other's energy, skills, talents for a common. Uh, in a common objective. So, how would you define? You see, we are all different. Everybody listening here will define a group and a team differently. So, Alex, how would you define? I, I said is a, a group of people or a few individuals working together with a common objective, a common good, a purpose. How would you define? I like very much what you're saying. Um, the, maybe the issue I'm having with, um, with uh, the terminology here is that we prone to call in our vast organization, we are, we are prone to call everything teams. Oh, no. Nowadays. No. And this is, this is where I'm bringing this question out. Are all the groups that we're part of really teams? Well, the, the, the challenge here, you see the, the, the difficulty here is that sometimes people are assigned um, to be part of a group that not, they don't necessarily chose or want, but because of their, let's say, their role, their job, they have to work, let's say, a committee. They are part of a committee, but they, they never really thought about... Um, um, Okay, uh, if I had to choose a group to work to resolve a problem, who would be the members of that team? So I would say there are many teams or groups that happen because of the circumstances of your title, of your position, or um, it, it is there and you are part of it. So, but I would say that, they, that is not necessarily a team in the in the best way or in the ideal way. You are you and I are within a capital T. Huh? Yes. No. No. That is the those those that you have been assigned to something and you are not really there is no you are not really buying into that. You you are part of that for a time for a moment and then you go. But there is, you are not putting, and I would say the following here, you are not putting your best and your heart and your mind in that team. Because it's a temporary thing or it's a part of a duty. You are, you, it's almost like a formality. And formality then defeats the purpose of an intentional group of people with their heart and soul and mind with a common objective. So what if we would adopt uh, a terminology of a group versus a true team, we are part of many groups. I, I can imagine a group of administrators, let's say a president, a treasurer, uh, a secretary, they can tolerate mm -hmm. each other and be somewhat productive in their working together or they can be very effective as, as a group together, as a team, as a true team. Um, so, 
Um, would you would you feel that this is the distinction that that we're looking for in here? Yes, okay. that's very much a very good example, um, Alex. When you have people that, by their functions and their titles and their roles, they have to work together. However, they may or may not act as a team. That's the the, the objective, the ultimate goal of real teams is that harmony, unity, respect, seeking the common good, sometimes being very unselfish, and quite often this works against our nature. We hold information, we have many... It's human nature plays very tricky things. Sometimes, sometimes my own nature works against me. And, uh, and so the objective of true teamwork is, is something that Jesus planted and, and, and the disciples that uh, we are beginning to scratch, I would say. There, if there is more trust, there is more unity, there is more uh, less, less fear and uh, allowing each other to function at their best without fearing that the other is always looking to me to see my faults or to see who I really is. And even if when they see, they will say, okay, I, 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 Alex has so many talents, but he's also human. And he, I need him for many of these things. He needs me for many of these things. So we, we can be vulnerable to each other. So I would say sometimes we pretend to be working as a team, Oscar, when deep down we haven't achieved what God wanted for us to be as a team. We, we are we're still human and still vulnerable. I think you just outlined um, the, the theological uh, background of what we're doing. The Lord wants to do things with us through His movement, through His church. He wants... Uh, to partner with us in his mission to prepare the world uh, to see the second coming of Jesus. And we're part of so many groups that may not be as effective as they could be. This is why Ron, we're doing this. Now, you mentioned one thing. You said that it's difficult even for monocultural teams, groups, to, to truly bond. Make, bond, make great teams. Now, most of our listeners are part of cross-cultural teams. Now, what is the difficulties? What are the difficulties that arise there? Well, um, I could start by saying the following. There are several. One is that we live in a world that everything must happen in like between 40 and one and a half hours or two hours. In a world uh, sort of uh, novels, serials, uh, movies, that the whole history of a, 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 a case or something, a story, must happen very fast. That is the first enemy of cross-culture, multicultural team building, it's time. Multicultural team building requires more time than the usual things, and we are very impatient. We want people to understand what I understand immediately. We want people to be in sync and in tune immediately, and that doesn't happen. Very uh, efficient, effective teams take time to build in their own natural, let's say, in their monocultural um, setting. Now, when you bring it to a, a, let's say, 
intercultural or cross-cultural, diverse cultural, um, it is very different. It takes longer because I need to understand your the way you respond even to certain circumstances. But there are cultures people would never open up uh, in the beginning. They there is there needs to be time for trust to be built, and there needs to be different approaches for different cultures. So I would say it, it takes time. It's longer. But it also can be, the, the beauty of this, Alex, it can be a learning process for you about the other, about yeah, the other culture. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there, there are major challenges there. From what I'm hearing from you is that we can't answer this question right now just because uh, we are going to be looking at, uh, at, at all of, not all, but some important aspects in the uh, in the episodes to come and Ron I am really excited I think there is a huge need um, we are all part of teams groups groups teams but we are many times are unhappy about our experience if you have a couple of examples that you would feel would be appropriate um, um, right now at the moment, of course, without naming mm -hmm. names, um, how how this does not work, you know, for us as Adventists, how we are sometimes poor. Uh, yeah, I'll give. Um, yeah, perfect. And by the way, many of these uh, nizen as we feel right now is that we want, and some of us from some of our cultures, we want the answers right now for me to leave this meeting and this podcast and go and implement. So we even, you know what I said before? We want everything so fast and ready-made and cut to the chase, go. But it is not, doesn't work like that. As one example of your question. Remember um, a specific culture I was working with in uh, some years ago. And uh, we will come to the meetings and I expected certain people to express their opinion. They will never do it mm -hmm. in the group. But I discovered that uh, talking with them alone, before or after the meetings alone, they will open their heart. They will say what they think, but they will never say in the group, in the team. And in the formal and official setting that we had established to make decisions, sort of a committee type of. Well, it frustrated me in the beginning because I wanted their opinion, but they will not give. They will refuse to give in public. In time, and there's I, a reason for that. And right? there is a reason for that. They were right in their, within their context, within their culture. I was the outsider. I was the wrong. Uh, had I was the one who had the wrong perception and the wrong assumptions. So when I talk to them, and when I learn more of the culture, they were not expressing in public or in the group the way I wish they were out of respect. They will never, uh, let's say. Uh, dishonor or say something that was a challenging uh, statement or something to a, superior. to a superior or to a colleague that was older than them. Okay. Not even in position and ranking, 
but to a colleague that was older than them, they will never challenge an idea or a statement or a situation out of do, respect. And we do that all the time. Uh, yes. Yesterday we had uh, a meeting together as a team, and I remember, you know, we would, we would just talk, uh, jump at each other, and, yeah. and so forth. So it works for us as a team, but yeah. it may not work for other teams. Yes, we have, we have learned to work uh, this together, but even, par- even some of our team members in the beginning, when they first arrived, they will not be as comfortable as they were yesterday. It took years. So, I learned that in certain cultures and contexts, people out of respect and actually in the, with their long-term vision for the survival of the team, they will have a different approach than I actually expected them to have. So, that's a simple example how we will, I was expecting a team member or team members to function in certain way or to in certain way or to respond and to give feedback in certain way. They will not, and they had a, within their culture they had their reasons. But of course, maybe in time and if they will be very comfortable with each other, if they will know the boundaries and the moment to do certain things in such a way, they will do it. But. Right from the beginning, I was expecting something that was not possible within that culture. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. We have a couple more minutes if you have another example um, that would be very appropriate here. Yeah, in, in, um, in other situations, uh, you may be able to extract the best of people building the team out of informal settings. In other words, you have to create space for bonding outside of the formal boundaries. In another words, take the team members to a um, for an entertainment or um, let's say we will do we will visit this park together or we will visit the zoo together or something different, totally different. My point is take them away from the ordinary, and bring their families along. And how some cultures crave this, and a lot of this, and others are quite careful with these yes, things, right? Yes, exactly. So you have to see within that culture what is highly appreciated by them. And in most of, like, let's say, most cultures, uh, especially the collectivist cultures, the group cultures, they love to have moments of relaxation together, um, away from the formal setting where the family or team members interact in a much more relaxed way. They, you will be surprised how much they can share and how much they can give their opinion there. And that in itself helps to build trust mm-hmm. and open the way for the formal setting that you want to have that. So you have to be flexible sometimes and break the routine. And that works in pretty much most cultures, yeah. you know. Ron, thank you very much. Now, this is just the beginning. We just wanted to whet your appetites, dear friends. Uh, Those who are listening at any moment to this episode, uh, there will be many more coming up. Uh, I will be uh, sharing some instructions. There will be a very special page on our website, and I'll do all of this uh, in the next section. Ron, thank you very much for uh, coming up. We will have many more to do. Thank you, Alex. It's been a pleasure. 
Now, turning the conversation back to you, our dear listeners, what are your experiences with multicultural teams? Do you feel that you are a part of an effective team? What's your secret then? Do you feel you are a part of a dysfunctional team? What do you think isn't working? Please, write to Ron and I. We have easy emails. For Ron, it's kunr, that is K-U-H-N-R, at gc.adventist.org. And for me, it's otta at gc.adventist.org. Alternatively, please comment on this episode's post on online community on Workplace, if you're part of it. Another place to comment is right on our website, right under this episode's page. There is a place for commenting. Don't skip it. A couple additional items here, friends. Have you checked the Family and Marriage Featured Theme page on our website? It's the newest one, and I think you will like it. Don't forget to click Follow This Topic button if you'd like to be notified about new additions to Family and Marriage theme. Now, again, this is not just general Family and Marriage. It's a conversation around missionary family and marriages. Find our newest page at iwm.adventist.org forward slash family. Second, recently we published a new three-part course. Actually, it's our very first course on the IWM website. It's titled Witnessing 101. In it, in a span of three interviews, we discuss with Wesley Jamko, Adventist Mission Director in South Asia Pacific Division, What is the foundational mindset and the skill needed to actually enjoy sharing our faith in cross-cultural settings? It's a short course. We believe you'll enjoy it. You can find it at iwm.adventist.org forward slash witness. As usual, we, together with you, are partners and co-workers and mission. We very much need your help to spread the word about this podcast. We pray and dream that if listening and podcasting is at all a preference of an Adventist missionary, someone out there, that this podcast will be part of their weekly learning and community experience as it is for you and us. Please help us. Recommend it to people who trust your recommendation. My name is Alex Ott, and I will be very happy to see you next week.